Matt Sullivan here to remind you to stop putting screens on your gutters. Better to schedule a free estimate with the local experts at Gutter Helmet so you stay off the ladder. Visit GutterHelmetIndy.com. With Gutter Helmet, you'll never clean your gutters again. GutterHelmetIndy.com. You're listening to the Hammer and Nigel Show. My name is Nigel. Jason Hammer right over there with a special guest on the hotline. Bobby Burak is a writer for Outkick. Great follow on social media. He joins us now. Bobby, got a couple different things that you have put articles out. I want to touch on this article you have about the trans community here in just a moment. But I believe your latest is about Russell Brand and the problem that we're seeing with companies like YouTube. Walk us through that. Yeah, so we learned Monday night that YouTube has demonetized Russell Brand over allegations. And the allegations are very serious, rape, sexual assault, but they're all unproven. Yet YouTube went ahead and froze Brand's revenue for four different accounts. So he can no longer make money on his YouTube channel on the basis of people accused him of doing stuff that he denies that no criminal charges have been brought against him. I mean, that's an entire incredibly dangerous precedent that YouTube is a source of income for all sorts of creators. Now, Russell Brand can obviously afford it, but some people can't. And if you can be removed from the monetization program based on unsubstantiated allegations, uh, I mean, we're all at the mercy of that. I found that really disturbing. And I know a lot of people just want to dismiss it and say, well, it's Russell Brand. He's rich. Maybe he did these things. That's not really the point. Right. In 2018, Twitter, Facebook, YouTube banned Alex Jones from social media. People said, oh, he's a scumbag. He's a bigot. Who cares? But that enabled these big tech companies to govern like that because nobody pushed back in Washington, nobody pushed back in Silicon Valley, and very few influential media figures pushed back. That practice of banning people for speech and what they call abusive behavior just continued to escalate. I thought it culminated with when Twitter removed Alex Berenson for holding the government accountable for the vaccine. So this doesn't end with Russell Brand. If YouTube sets the precedent, and they have, that you can be demonetized based on unproven allegations, it's just going to continue to spiral. And to me, that's concerning. It should be one of the biggest stories in all of media right now. And Bobby, I, and like you said, I mean, it's <clears throat> to me, I'm not surprised at all. This is the same platform that took legitimate doctors off YouTube for having discussions and forums about the vaccine and COVID-19 and the origins of COVID-19. And um, this was the same uh, platform that I believe took uh, DeSantis off uh, and and discussions that he was having with doctors about COVID-19. So so nobody should be surprised by this at all, because this is this is like you said, it's par for the course for this and other platforms. Yeah, and and I just want to reiterate, because this so often gets lost, Russell Brand has not been charged. He's not guilty. I mean, you are, by definition, I mean, by the Constitution, I know this isn't the government, but you are supposed to be innocent until proven guilty, yet YouTube has applied the standard that Russell Brand is guilty until proven innocent. I I believe in the old adage that 
you can't disprove a negative. So I don't know if he can ever prove he wasn't guilty, so maybe he'll just be banned from monetization forever. And I disagree with a lot of people on the right who say, well, who cares? There's Rumble. There's X. Yeah, but those are very, very small platforms compared to YouTube. The video market share of YouTube is currently at 97%. Um, X possibly eventually could become a substitution. It's not. Rumble, as much as I like the people behind Rumble, where Russell Brand does a lot of his work, does not have the mass reach or the financial opportunity of YouTube. So as much as I don't like YouTube and other people don't, they're, they're one of the most influential social media platforms in the country. I would argue as far as content, they're number one. It's almost going to take some sort of legislation to exactly. change before companies like YouTube are held accountable here. I mean, because this kind of stuff has been going on for a while. You go back, you know, a decade or so, the Duke lacrosse case. These lacrosse players at Duke, they were convicted in the court of public opinion. But ultimately, the whole thing was a lie, and it came out later on. Uh, back before ESPN was too busy telling us how racist we are, they had a great documentary, a 30 for 30, called Fantastic Lies About This. And this story with Russell Brand, again, we don't know if he's innocent or guilty, but the fact is nobody knows right now. The same thing is kind of happening here. Yeah, and what's fascinating about that is that YouTube – like Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, they claim that they're a platform, not a publisher, which protects them from liability in Section 230 of the Communications Decency Act. So there's no burden for them to bear if Russell Brand is guilty. He's not a YouTube employee. There's no reason for YouTube to rule on this case. If it turns out he is guilty and he's a rapist and a uh, pervert, well, Maybe he'll go to jail or maybe he'll lose his fan base. It's not up to YouTube. YouTube has no reason to get involved in this. Again, he's not a YouTube employee. YouTube is at no legal or financial risk by allowing him to monetize his content on their platform based on their case with legislation. So that's what it comes down to, right? In order for them to stop, they're either going to have to be challenged or lose that privilege in Section 230. And it's entirely arbitrary. I, mean, I listed in my piece yesterday. I, I found three rappers who've been accused of rape. One was arrested for it, and they're still allowed to monetize their rap songs on YouTube. So why is that? Um, does you, I mean, why is Russell Brand demonetized, but rappers who've been accused of rape, even arrested for rape, can still monetize their content. Uh, I mean, that's a question that I'd love for YouTube to answer. But unfortunately, I don't know who to ask because there's no front-facing figure on YouTube. There's no communication department to communicate with. All of this done anonymously. Bobby Burak is our guest. He is a writer for OutKick. So you have an article out about the trans community and how they're being exploited by the political left and fundraising campaigns. This is something we've talked a lot on this show about. Not everybody is on board with some of these ridiculous, radical things. And a lot of folks in the gay community, a lot of folks who do consider themselves trans, they're not in favor of a lot of this radical crap that's taking place. Walk me through your article. Yeah, I mean, I've written about the movement and the just the rise of it and the 
mainstream push to normalize changing genders. And I kept asking myself, well, when did all this start? Because you read history books, people have been identifying as different genders. I mean, there was stories that in the 1800s, Native Americans did then. People just thought they were dressing up like the other gender. So it's not exactly a new phenomenon of people identifying as the opposite gender. But what it has changed is the normalization of it. And you can really pinpoint 2015 when the human rights campaign, the leading gay rights lobbyist in Washington, started to mainstream these ideas. Now, the HRC gained fame and fortune by fighting for gay people to get married. That's how they raised money, and that's how they became so affluent. Well, what happened in 2015? The Supreme Court ruled that all 50 states must legalize gay marriage. Well, you would think the HRC would celebrate. Their mission was complete. But it's not that simple because once gay marriage was legalized, they still had to have a cause to raise money for. They still had to tell George Soros, hey, give us all this money for this cause. They had to find a new community with whom they could sympathize and make a victim, and they chose the trans community. And ever since 2015, this whole idea that the trans community is suppressed and victimized has been their number one message. And they're actually making more money and raising more money now than ever before. The trans community is being completely exploited by the HRC and politicians in Washington. I mean, get this. The HRC dictates this program called CEI. It's a lesser known form of ESG, but one of the most pervasive. They give companies a score, particularly on how they promote transgenderism in uh, investment firms like BlackRock and uh, what's the other one called? Uh, BlackRock and there's two other ones. They use those scores to determine investment. And what I found very alarming is Target gained a 100 out of 100 score this year. Why? Because they introduced tuck-friendly swimwear. Amheuser-Busch had a 100 out of 100 score after they made a can with Dylan Mulvaney, but they didn't lost their perfect score when they didn't defend the decision to the HRC's liking. The HRC's fingerprints are all over this movement, and they're not benefiting the trans community. They're benefiting themselves, their pockets, their fundraising, and their reputation. This sounds so familiar to me, Bobby. It sounds like almost like the BLM, the organization, taking yes. advantage of, of, of millions and millions of African Americans who legitimately thought they were donating to this this cause and then Patricia Cullors, the, the co-founder, is is buying mansions in, in white neighborhoods, white gated communities. I'll give you the perfect yeah. example. Brianna Taylor, her mom has called out the I mean, you remember her. She was Brianna Taylor died of, of following yeah. a, like a, it was a police shooting in her home during the execution yeah. of a no knock warrant yeah. looking for a boyfriend. Brianna Taylor's mom called BLM out and said, you have done nothing for us. You are a fraud, and I don't need you. I've watched you all raise money on behalf of Brianna's family, and you haven't done a damn thing. It sounds awfully familiar, the same type of scenario. Yeah, and I would take it a step further. That's a great comparison. Um, what happened at the end of the civil rights movement? The Democratic Party introduced affirmative action. So the trend here is once a problem is solved, these people in Washington can't just celebrate the win. They have to figure out a way to keep tensions high, keep a need for social governance. Affirmative action gave them a need for racial governance. 
um, the trans movement has allowed the HRC to influence social governance. So the progressive movement inherently must keep progressing, right? Like it doesn't end. You always have to find a new community, a new community to uplift on what I call the hierarchy of victimhood. All of this is a scam. Um, and I conclude my piece quite simply saying the only people benefiting from the trans movement are the people enabling it, the politicians, the corporate executives, and the lobbyists. The trans people aren't benefiting from this. They have to deal with the scars, the humiliation, the pain from general mutilation. They're being exploited, used, and weaponized, and I don't know how many of them know it, but they all should. Bobby Burak is a writer for OutKick. Check out his work. He comes with facts. He comes ready to debate. Really good stuff. Really good stuff, Bobby. We'll talk to you soon. Appreciate it, guys. It's the Hammer and Nigel Show.